And we are back for our third interview on the power of partnerships here as we wrap up Healthcare Supply Chain Week. I'm back with Mike Schiller from Arm, Vicki Lyle from Owens and Minor, and now joining us to continue our conversation around work in the community, which is really aligned very much with the mission of healthcare, is Jeremy Strong. So, Jeremy, thanks for helping us wrap up our Healthcare Supply Chain Week series of interviews. I want to welcome you to Power Supply and the ARM podcast. We're collaborating this week to highlight the successes that are going on out there in the community. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us where you're from and, and uh, give us a little overview of your organization. Sure, thanks. I'm happy to be here and thanks for inviting me. Uh, I'm Jeremy Strong, I'm the Vice President for Supply Chain for uh, the Rush University System for Health, which is a academic based system in the Chicago area. Um, it's a regional system. Um, and, I, and I think related to this topic, one of the things that Rush has really focused on over the years is its relationship with its community and the underserved communities in which it serves in Chicago. Um, being one of the founding, um, we founded a group called Westside United. We're one of the founders of Han. Um, but along those lines, we continue to try to look for ways that we can make advancements in our community, create jobs, um, improve spend in those communities, which is a challenge. It's, there's not a one size fits all. Do you know you can just duplicate? It's really figuring it out and rolling up your sleeves. So that's something we're we're proud of, and we continue to try to innovate on. So I'm, look forward to talking about some of those topics. Well, Jeremy, we're so glad to have you here. And one of the things that with supply chain professionals is there is a labor issues. And I think one of the things that is very interesting that I've heard you speak about before is your jump higher program and where you're really involved in the training and development of supply chain professionals. So I'd love to hear more about that for our audience. Yeah, no, that is a program that's, um, we actually get to speak at our uh, second cohort starting tomorrow. Um, but that is a program that really started out of that, Vicki. It was the labor issues we're having. And then we looked at ourselves, right, and said, we also have a mission to improve jobs in our local communities. And we looked at how many we were actually hiring our own organization. We were a little bit disappointed it wasn't as as healthy as we would like it to be. So we did pull it together a team. Um, I pulled together my leadership team, but then I also pulled together people we have hired from our local community, kind of asking the question, why are we not getting more of you guys? And we have we've had some very successful ones that have moved up the ranks very quickly, you know, have strong drive, good leaders that they're really growing fast. And uh, talking to them, we realized as as much as we pride ourselves on, you know, we're community focused, we want to reduce all those biases. We had a lot of biases in our hiring process that was preventing people from getting jobs in our supply chain. Um, and it really was talking to him, it was a little disheartening, but it was a good conversation where, you know, I asked one of our one of our teammates that's a supervisor already, well, how did, what, what's causing it? He's like, do you realize that I applied six times and I couldn't get an interview? And I was like, 
I had to I had to get an agency job, get placed here, and then you bought the agency contract out for me. And I was like, well, that's a very inefficient way to go. <laughs> and I we heard that story repeated. Um, and I will boil it down to essentially what we found is we focus so much on previous experience and and the paper and really how they look, right? How they present. And honestly, if you're honest with yourselves, like the neighborhood they come out, you put a you put a bias on it, right? And so you automatically assume certain things. So we asked the team, let's be innovative and how can we remove those barriers? Like, how can we stop that? Um, and they really came up with, we need to, we need to provide people with the ability to get some experience and training so that they, and some resume building, some interview skills so that they can break through those barriers, not just that rush, um, but in anywhere in supply chain so they can get jobs anywhere in supply chain. And obviously we've created with that, we part of the was they wanted it in the community, so we had to put it in the community. So we show we're serious about this. We want you guys to work for us. Um, we want to help you get into jobs, but then also fast track them into open positions we have and see if we can get partners to do the same. Um, obviously, we this is where the collaboration of partnerships comes in. They're like, well, that's how do we do this, right? Like we can do we know how to train people in supply chain. That's something we can come up with. Um, but how do we get the resources when you start talking about the challenges that come up, like childcare, transportation, all those types of things? How do you surround them with those things? Um, social workers to help them with different things, power skills, we call it, which is, how, you know, communication skills, resume building, all those types of things, interview skills that are that help them no matter what job they go for. How do we surround them with those things? and open up a center in their neighborhoods, you know, that, that type of thing. So we look for partners um, and we reached out to our local community organizations and we had one that was like reached. It was a strange, there was a kind of a unique thing where we called them and they were like, we were just about ready to call you asking if you want to try to figure out how to do a program to try to like create some kind of training to get people into jobs. And we're like, that's exactly what we wanted to talk about. So we got on a call. They had a philanthropic partner that wanted to do it. Um, and we got on a three-way call with all of them. And within like five minutes, we're like, this is, we're all on the exact same page. Let's do this. So that culminated into a program that's called Jump Hire. And essentially, the Rush Supply Chain team does the supply chain training Um there is social workers and other professionals there that also provide the power skill training ongoing, both as they go through the program, it's an eight week program. And as they, after they complete it too, to help them, even when they first get a job and all the things that they have to work through, any challenges that come up, they have some, they have somebody to touch base with on so they can be successful. Um, first program, the first cohort finished, um, we had 23 that started, 21 finished it. Um, with two dropped out, actually one dropped out to get a job. So like, okay, that's 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 okay. That <laughs> um, yeah, that's okay. And then 19 out of the first 21 all got jobs. Um, not all with Rush. We hired nine of them straight into roles, um, but they 10 of them got positions elsewhere. And an example of the biases they have to overcome, which you start to realize is one of them actually stayed with their current position and got a $25,000 raise just because they completed the program knew they had they had options now to move out. So it shows you how 
how we tend to we can take advantage of people that don't have mobility and once they do so it just empowered that person to actually get paid what they were worth which was which was a cool thing so when we start our second cohort um we actually started last week i do my session i do a usually kickoff session with them and then we'll see how that goes it did increase we we had, I think, 800 applicants for like 25 positions. I mean, so yeah, there's a lot out there and we're opening that up to try to expand it into other support service areas like linen, EBS type roles so that they can be fast tracked into those. So we'll, we continue to work on that. So that's, that's, that's one of the things we've been doing. That's incredible. That's, uh, that's a great program, Jeremy. And 800 applicants for 25, spots just shows you the need out there and, and how do we expand that to meet that need but uh, kudos to you and the organization for what you've done it's just one example of many examples that rush has how rush has engaged with the community there's there's other examples that uh, uh that really show your your connection to the community and your interest in really elevating the community and engaging with the community Talk to us a little bit uh, about investing in the local community. I know that's one of those areas that you're <laughs> focusing on as an organization and how you align those investments to meet the needs of the organization. Yeah. So we have a couple different like tracks, right, for our local community. How do we increase spend like a lot of supply chains do, right? Like, can we find different vendors in our local area that we can impact, um, which ends up for our local area it ends up being a lot of, you know, landscaping, um, you know, restaurant business where we can, can we get a restaurant in our food hall and have them at least two spots held up for them. But one of the things that we also have another track, which is we try to invest in local businesses too. Rick Rush has a investment wing through our treasury finance department sets aside funds to invest. How do we start linking those two more aggressively together where we partner with an organization um we do have a we do have a partnership with a group called together chicago that actually is also somewhat related to the the group that we worked with on jump higher but they partner with organizations that we work with um that we bring in so we bring a landscaper what happens they kind of help us with understanding those the needs of those um organizations where it's they're entrepreneurs right and if you grow an organization, you triple their volume or triple their business overnight, that can be a recipe for actually helping them actually tank it. It's like immediate, but they do they have the resource to hire up? Do they have the accounting all set up to handle all of that? And they're like, that's the number one way businesses fail. They grow too fast. So they kind of tell us, why don't you just do this one building to start them, you know, and, and we'll help them build up to expand so they can grow in a correct way now we're looking how can we then funnel investment dollars into those so they can grow their business and help be successful faster um so we can link those two right to you would think that maybe it's a no-brainer we just haven't really done that like as much as we would have liked and when you think about it you're doing all these great things but you don't always link them all together so that's something we're looking to do um, more aggressively and more intentionally i think that's really smart you're right uh, it's one thing to scale just in terms of hiring and training mm -hmm. and resources, but businesses often get cash poor because they have to purchase 
<laughs> i.e. the supply chain. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden their their uh, capital outflow exceeds, you know, what their receivables are. And it's a great problem to have until you don't have any money. And so mm -hmm. I think, you know, paying attention to that and, and guiding that process. I will say that's a very similar theme uh, to our prior interview about how to work with the community. And I think it's that being responsible and seeing that end to end growth big picture of the business mm -hmm. and ensuring that you're setting them up for success, not just awarding them the business, but collaborating, partnering, educating, uh, and setting them up um, to be successful and really take advantage of the efforts that you and your organization are putting out there. I think that's absolutely phenomenal. I also really like what you said about uh, helping somebody achieve what they're worth, right? By giving yeah. them options. I think you know, a lot of times people feel very trapped mm -hmm. uh, in employment. And so that sense of freedom, I think, uh, is also uh, a highlight from this interview. I know you've got to run to your next meeting and you fit us in. I really appreciate that. You're helping us close out a series of interviews here for Healthcare Supply Chain Week. Really appreciate your insights, Jeremy, and, and phenomenal job. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, guys. Happy Supply Chain Week. Yes, it's a pleasure to all of you as well. And Mike and Vicki, thank you for setting all of these up. I enjoyed talking with you throughout the week. And uh, I know the audience um, got some really good, I think, you know, thoughts from the interviews that we had, as well as just celebrating the hard work and effort that's being done out there across the country in healthcare supply chain. So thank you to all of you, uh, not just for tuning in, but for staying engaged in your organizations and in your communities. And that's gonna wrap it up for our celebration of Healthcare Supply Chain Week. Wanna thank everybody once again, specifically Vicki Lyle from Owens and & Minor and Mike Schiller from ARM. Uh, we'll see you again next year, but the work continues throughout the year.